Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. in SC7 with the worst away record in the league. They leave with all three points. Welcome to Charlton Live. Charlton Live. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday morning. I hope you guys are all well. My name is Louis Mendez on this week's show. We'll be looking back at yesterday's home defeat against relegation threatened Morecambe at the Valley. Joining me to do that, first up, uh, Mr. Nathan Miller. Nathan, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream, as always. Yeah, no, I've yeah, calmed down a bit like... from yesterday. Have you? Why? But, uh, well, it's not worth me ruining my Sunday like every other week, but not long to go, mate. Only a couple of weeks left, and then we can... Um, be bored in the summer and then have that optimism as we always do at Welling Away and then um, probably for the inevitable disappointment so yeah buzzing yeah I mean I, I don't want to get carried away but I do fancy us to beat Welling in pre-season so that, that's something to cling on to also joining us uh, a man who's got out of watching the marathon to because he wants to vent is uh, Tom Wallin how you doing Tom yeah I haven't really calmed down I thought I had but uh, no I'm proper wound up still but yeah delighted to be here 
<laughs> yeah, well, I can see it. Yeah, well, so on this week's show, then, we're going to look back at that game yesterday, the 3-2 home defeat against Morecambe. Morecambe have won uh, just once uh, away all season, of course, until uh, yesterday. Now it's twice. So, so they've now won five away games in their last 45, uh, two of which have come at the Valley. So that's, uh, that, you know, a bit of a bogey side. Um, do you remember when we played them about three weeks ago and we all said well, they were the worst team we've ever seen? Well, we, they beat us yesterday. Right, so we're going to hear the highlights briefly. Uh, it's important to hear them so you can hear what Steve Brown says about the defending so you can get an expert's view on it uh, to go along with ours, just in case people think that we're being harsh on the defending when we're not. Uh, and also, um, we're going to hear, of course, from Dean Holden. I had quite a few questions from him yesterday um, about about the performance, about the defending, about the attitude of the side. You know, I, I think yesterday was an absolute disgrace in terms of that. So we'll, we'll, we'll hear from him uh, as well. Hello to everyone uh, on the stream uh, this morning. All hell uh, let loose is in the chat. Morning to Keith as well. Uh, Matthew and Adrian have got some questions as well, which we're going to come to later on in the show. Hopefully um, get your questions in in the YouTube chat. Uh, we've got a few tweets and emails as well at Charlton Live Studio at charltonlive.co.uk to come to. Um, yeah, plenty to get our teeth into. Before we, we listen back to the goals then, Nathan, um, I mean, where, where do you start with that morning, Sam? Um, where, where do you start with that? Because that, that first half, and we've seen some pretty poor halves of football this season. That first half was an absolute joke. And I don't know what on earth we thought we were doing because it was awful. It was what it was up there for the one of the worst um, this season. And it just seems I keep saying that, to be fair. But it honestly looked like we just turned up and expected, because of how we we battered them first half up there. For me, the only thing I could think of is complacency. It's because not, not, it's not like they, you know, they passed us off the pitch and they had us, they were controlling the game, that we were just so flat. Um, and in fairness, like Dean's done all that training all week, probably to, to try and play in a certain way. And it's then down to the players to go on and express themselves or implement that plan. And Dean's come out and said before, like, some of these players are playing for next season for new contracts. Not being funny, they've probably made his life a lot easier because he probably knows there's not too many who's who's actually putting their hand up and going, yeah, I'm, I want a bit of this next year. So, yeah, yesterday it was just so flat. And to be fair, the first goal will go through him, but the first goal was an eight and a half. And to be fair, I, I applauded it, to be fair. Um, but it was just like, we know what, what Stockton's about. We, like, how many times have we seen him do that? And not only once, we let him do it again. And it was just, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, they're, they're doing it on purpose, but then you can see that there's no, there's no determination. There's no drive because it's the end of the season. And they ain't a great sidewalk, but fair play to them. We handed it to them and let them do what they want on our own patch. And then we got our just desserts, I think. So, Flat first half, just disappointing all day, really. Just there was, I don't even think anyone stood out, really. And we scored two goals somehow. Yeah, that's the weird thing, isn't it? That we that's how bad League One is that we can play that badly and still score two. Like, we've had quite a few games like that over the last couple of years. Accrington at home last season lost 3 2, Morecambe at home last season lost 3 2. These are all games where we played badly and still got goals because we're losing to really bad sides like who can't defend themselves. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll analyse each goal in a minute, Tom. But, you know, as as Nathan said, it felt like, again, they were not 
their hearts weren't in it yesterday. And again, when you look at some of the tracking back, which we'll pick up on later, I think that I think that goes hand in hand with it. But I mean, you 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 sort of arrived yesterday, Tom, where I arrived last week. It's so, so I, I keep telling myself, oh, I don't care, you know, who cares? Hope, most of them won't still be here next season. And then I saw that performance at Ipswich where they threw the towel in. It was it was pathetic. And then. I was angry. You know, I was like, you know, look, there's fans in that away and that paid a lot of money to come to it. And you landed there yesterday. You thought, you know, I don't really mind. I don't really care. My heart's not in it. And then they put in a display like that and you're reminded how much you do care because you feel so frustrated at, at full time. Yeah. And weirdly, that's almost a positive to be reminded that I do care. But I've had a, a weird relationship with this team. I was trying to think exactly when it started, but I remember Cambridge away with Nath. The atmosphere Cambridge away was weird. And we won that game relatively comfortably. I don't remember celebrating those goals really at all. And then I remember us beating Shrewsbury 6-0 a couple of weeks ago and being really angry at that. And I'm like, why are you putting in a 6-0 result at this stage in the season when it, it doesn't matter anymore? And then, as you say, I became a bit apathetic. I wasn't at the Ipswich game and I was, I was upset that I didn't want to go because it's a game that, for me personally, has a lot of history in my family and stuff. Just didn't want to go and then saw all the goals going in and, and almost found it funny. And as you say, I was just kind of like, I don't care. But then we beat MK in the week and they're all over social media sort of saying our oh, perfect way to bounce back and all this and giving it a big one. And then they feel it's acceptable to come out and put a performance like that at home. And yeah, I, you're right. I was I was absolutely raging yesterday. Absolutely raging. And uh it's nice in some ways to have that passion and to be like, okay, I do still care, but why don't they? Why don't they still care? The fact that it's mid-table and we're playing for nothing shouldn't matter for them. Like Nate says, they've got contracts to play for. And that first half, as I said on Twitter yesterday, that's as bad as I remember seeing them. Obviously, we've seen some bad games over the years, but there was just nothing there. I feel bad for the likes of people like Henry. I saw someone mention it in the comments as well, who comes in, had a bit of a mare, but it's not fair on the youngsters in games like that to... To, to have to single them out and criticise them. But I just feel bad for him. I just want, want someone to put an arm around him and just say, look, this, this isn't your fault because there's senior players there that should be doing better and, and they didn't. So, yeah, it was, like we've all said, it was bad yesterday and I don't really see a way around it without yet again having a massive clear out because as Nafe says, there's nobody there that's putting their hand up and saying, I deserve to be here next year. And, and I'm not sure that they want to be either. Like you said in your piece, there's just no personality. There's no relationship with these players. And um, yeah, it's it's tough. But it's got me passionate about it again. So if nothing else, that's a, that's a positive for me. Yeah. And we thank them for that, of course. Uh, I, I really wish they wouldn't have bothered, though. Right, let's uh, let's have a listen back to the goals. Again, I know we don't like always listening to the highlights when we've lost, particularly when it's as embarrassing as yesterday. But we have to listen to Steve Brown's analysis because it's important because Steve Brown cares and Steve Brown wouldn't have stood for that sort of performance in his day. Let's have a listen to the highlights from Charlton TV. Uh, Brownies alongside Stubbers uh, and Terry Smith. Find Aaron Henry. Oh, it's a heavy touch back and Stockton can take it off his toes and he goes for an immediate shot, Stockton! And it's into the top right-hand corner. And in the opening seven and a half minutes, Morecambe take the lead, pouncing on a mistake at, uh, from Aaron Henry. And it's a decent finish. Charlton 1-0 down. Yeah, and I like what George is doing. Every single Charlton player pretty much turned their back on Aaron Henry, got on with their own business, and George Dobson's gone across and just calmed him down. This is how you learn as a youngster. You, you Listen, you might make that mistake in the 21s, you might make that mistake in the 18s. It doesn't lead to that strike. It's a phenomenal exactly. 
forward to Sessignon, edge of the pounds here, Sessignon to Payne, opportunity here for John, drills and across, comes up Ratsaki, and John had the equaliser. Patient football in that case was with John on the edge of the penalty area. Sessignon found himself on the edge of the box, across the pane. The ball in comes off Raksaki and John level. Yeah, uh, much needed. I've got to be honest here. I think that's just stopped a chorus of booze flooding through the valley. And it's a nice little move actually. Not to Weir, skips beyond Sessignon. He's on the attack Weir with the cross. It's a dangerous cross and Stockton slides in and Morecambe have retaken the lead. It's a wonderful ball in, and that man Stockton again sliding in. Morecambe, a 2 1 up. Yeah, cue, cue the cries for a free kick on the halfway line. You know you know that's coming. Cast iron foul, etc. etc. Just defend. It wasn't given. You know, look how slack this is in terms of defending. Poor challenge there, not tight enough here. Crossing to the box, left for the keeper. Keeper doesn't come. And stopped in Shavar Hatchet today. Touchdown, Charlton handball. The play's going to continue with Osterfield. He's got stopped into his left on a hat trick. Thinks about a shot and goes for it. Maynard Brewer saves it, but Weir's there. And Morecambe have a third. Again, Charlton stopped when there was a potential handball. Came to Stockton, whose shot was hit with pace. Maynard Brewer got a hand to it. But straight into the path of Jensen Weir. Who gets a third for Morecambe? Yeah, yeah. Quarter there away goals here today. Anyway, we'll go back to the handball, shall we? Let's all stop when we think there's a free kick. And let's not just deal with the ball, deal with the players, get tight, affect the shot, follow our man in when there potentially could be a rebound off the keeper. Let's let their forward go in and pop that in the back of net. Let them run past our shoulder and tap it in. Let's let Stockton come short, turn, get his shot away without even affecting Holding him with pressure. Holding it up there, Connor sets up Sean Clare, right corner of the penalty area, drilled across. Might drop to Morgan, does! That's Fraser, I beg his pardon. Fraser collected the ball, turned instantly, struck it beyond Ripley. The Addicts have a goal back. Yeah, and, and the issue they've got here is that they thought the two-goal cushion was going to be comfortable. It's never comfortable, so I think they've, they've stood off too much there, Morecambe. They've, they've done the, the classic, which is numbers, safety in numbers inside the penalty area without anybody actually doing their job properly. There we go, um, the highlights from, from yesterday's game. Uh, Brownie wasn't happy, uh, no, it's a shame. It's a shame he was, uh, he's, he's gone down to Bournemouth this one, I think, with West Ham, so it's a shame he, uh, he wouldn't be back, because it would have been a good show to have him on, really, but... Where, where do you want to start? Defensive, defending for the goals, maybe. So the first one, um, Aaron Henry got caught out. And I mean, it was a wonderful strike from um, from Stockton from outside the area. You know, Maynard Brewer, a lot of people look at goalkeepers when they get beat from distance. I'm not, to be honest, the two long goals that came from long range situations yesterday, I don't, I'm not sure he could have done better with those. The, the second goal, he definitely could have done better with. He was one of a, a number of players who, who, who messed up there. But, yeah, uh, a lesson learned for Aaron Henry, perhaps. I mean, there, there was a comment, yeah, as, as Tom mentioned from Jay, said it felt sorry for Henry. Yes, he had a shocker, and I guess that that start to his game probably didn't help. No, it didn't. Um, listen, well, I was all right this morning, and then listening back to those goals, I actually got raging again. So um, that was useful. Cheers, Lou. Um, <laughs> but with you know, Brownie said it on the comms. It's moments like those are for the for Aaron to learn, and that's probably why he hasn't been playing a lot more in the in the. Season where in part of the season where we were probably trying to 
achieve something, but we're not going to now. Um, but yeah, he'll learn from that. Um, and it was like, like you said, it was good that Dobbo got around him and to try to get his chin up. But you'd rather him do make mistakes like that now than if he is part of the squad next year um, and he's doing it in big, important games. So I'm sure he'll learn. But like I said earlier, I just think we know what Stockton's about. Like I remember, like you know how many goals he scores. You know he's not shy of a, he's not a poacher. You know, he just scores Weldies, like, and he's got got it in his locker. And like you say, it was a strike and off. To be fair, um, you know, like when Sessegnon did his, we was all up in arms saying how great that was, and that was a great shot. Um, but Brownie summed it up well, like the defender for the second goal. We just stopped everything. We just stopped. We just wasn't wasn't concentrating. We just wasn't doing the basics. And Morecambe wanted it more. That <laughs> in essence, that's what they, they just wanted it more than us. And I know they've got something to play for, but. When you're playing at home against a team where did he say they scored a third of their away goals this season in one game against yeah. us or something? So they they, they, they scored 12, 12 on the road before yesterday, and now they've scored another three. So that's a twenty five percent of their goals away from home this season. They've they've increased their their tally by by a quarter in in one afternoon. It was basically one hour <laughs> against us, um, and, and they could madness. have had more because Stockton Stockton missed an absolute sitter, didn't he, at one nil. Um, I mean, someone someone mentioned it earlier on in, in the chat. Keith said the uh, the first half was abysmal, and we even had the cheek to equalise. Morecambe wanted the three points more than us. I, I genuinely, when that goal went in at half time, I was relieved because I thought, you know, we we mate, we'll let ourselves off the hook here. We'll be better in the second half. But we we start, and that, that that's probably the worst bit about yesterday. We started better in the second half. Like we were probably. Spent more time in that opening 15 minutes on the edge of their penalty area than we had in the entirety of the first half. But we are so easy to score against. That second goal was an absolute joke. I mean, Jensen Weir got beyond Cess way too easily on the far side. And the ball in. So it was a well-measured pass. Ashley's got to do better coming out to block it. It seemed to have been left for him by Hector, who either stopped or didn't know that Stockton was behind him. And, and one other thing, I've, I've analysed this goal. I've got, I've got footage I've had a close look at. You need to look at the tracking back from Sean Clare, and it's not the first time he's done it this season. He runs towards the edge of the box. He's got eyes on Stockton. He just stops inside the area. Stockton goes behind him, nips him behind. There was no effort to track him back there. And we, we had that problem time and again against Ipswich last week where trackers just stopped running. Um, and, and we saw it again yesterday, Tom. Yeah, at the time, I remember thinking, what a through ball, what a through ball to set him up. And and to be fair, I've seen it back and it was a good ball. But as you say, it, it looked like a training ground routine where the defenders are told to stay still and then they're going to try an attacking, an attacking move and just see if it works and see what the angles are. Because, yeah, I mean, you've pointed all of the mistakes out, but the, the cent- central defenders don't move. Sean Clare doesn't track his man. As you say, Cesc gets done too easily. And so, yes, it is a very good ball. But if just one of those players puts half an effort in to try and stop it, you probably can cut it out. Um, so, yeah, just littered with mistakes. And we were talking about it just before the show, weren't we? We go all the way back to the Barnsley away game where you've got two of our players tackling each other and falling over and you've got Claire not tracking his man there as well. This isn't new for us. This isn't a, a Dean Holden thing. This has been all season. This has been the case. And... Ben Garner presumably wasn't telling them to do that. I imagine Dean Holden hasn't been telling them to do that. So, so what are they doing? Sean Clare as a, as a kind of individual, we gave him some some kind of leeway at the start of the season because perhaps it wasn't his favourite position and perhaps he was being asked to do a job he didn't want to do. 
But he's been doing that job all season now. He's been doing it for enough games that I don't feel like that is enough anymore. Like he's experienced enough there to know track your man. <laughs> like that's pretty simple. Like I'm terrible at football, but I know if you're a, a fullback, you track your you track your attacker. So to just let players run beyond him time and again, I don't know how many goals it's cost us this season, but they're the reasons we are where we are. They're the reasons we're not even we've been like anywhere close to a promotion push this season. And if we want to do that next year, then these are the players that have to be called into question. We have to consider whether whether we want them next year because you look around that spot and you go, okay, how many of those are realistically, I don't know, you take a side like Ipswich, how many of those players would get in Ipswich's side right now? Maybe Miles, maybe. Dobson, no. maybe. Is that it? Probably, and Maybe not even that. So we are miles away from being close to promotion, having already spent our longest periods at this level in our history, I think. Like, where do you yeah, go from here? Where do you go? It is a massive, massive job. And the one positive is that I do have faith in Dean as a manager to potentially take that. But it's a it's a huge summer again. And we're already behind on it, I would imagine, because of all the takeover stuff. Mm, yeah, great comment from uh, JJ Gamer, who says uh, he he's out walking the dog whilst listening on YouTube as the highlights played. The dog poo bag ripped open and he got a handful handful of of dog poo so uh personification of the highlights uh unfortunately there for jj gamer the third goal goodness me so what's carl stockton good at now if you mentioned it a, a minute ago he's good at a lot of things but what's what's he particularly good at tucking uh, at the tuck shop mate <laughs> yeah, yeah literally just from outside the area as well yeah, exactly. So don't, don't stand off him on the edge of our own penalty area. And should we have a look at the culprit again? It's Sean Clare again, standing off him on the edge of the box. Like, why do we keep doing this? Why aren't we closing people down? And then another culprit, uh, Dean Holden uses the word mannequin in his uh, interview, which we'll hear in a few moments' time. Why are we not reacting to the fact that the goalkeeper might might touch it? touch it out into in, into a position you know again ash it was i was right behind that strike from cole stockton it was a it was a great hit ash got ahead got around to it you can argue maybe you always say with a goalkeeper try and push it further out than he did but Cess didn't read that at all and it was just on, on his on his uh on his hind legs waiting for for jensen where to put it in nafe like wait mm. why why are we so bad we we've got only there's only seven teams have conceded fewer than us in in the, in this division which isn't many uh, in terms of clean sheets, I think it's not many. Not not many. I think it's maybe five have got fewer clean sheets than us. Only four. Something something along those lines. I put the the numbers into my in, into my takeaways today. They're, they're not good numbers. Mm. No, exactly. I think even when even at grassroots level, when you're when you're teaching, you know, when you're coaching young younger players from an attacking sense, you know, if someone's having a shoot a shoot a shot from outside the box. You follow the shot in because that's what you you get the little follow ups. So. In terms of Morecambe, they know what they're doing because they followed the shot in. But we decided just to think, well, maybe Ash is going to catch that. Or if he does push it out, then hopefully, you know, Morecambe feel sorry for us and don't bother trying to tap it into an empty net. So, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it's beyond me. But every year, all year, is we never make it hard for teams to score. It just seems like we gift teams... I mean, don't get me wrong, every goal that's conceded, there's going to be a mistake somewhere, but we gift teams goals, like ridiculous goals. Um, and yesterday was another one. It's just a basic one, of, like you've said already, follow your runner, follow, follow the man. Someone's going to pop. 
if you can't get close enough to Stockton to stop the shot, not great. But then if there is a follow-up, make sure you block the follow-up. And he had acres. Like, literally, he could have had a touch and scored if he wanted. He could have had another three. So, it's just so frustrating. And, yeah, if Ding Holden said it was like mannequins, then for the second goal and for the third goal, it's exactly the same. So, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. So, I don't know how much time the players are going to be getting off in the summer. But if, if I was there, they'll be coming in the in the first first of June, let alone the, the first of July or whenever they're going to go back in. So because there's a mm. lot of work to be done. Yeah. I, I want to open this up to the to the comments in the chat. So there's quite there's quite a few in there already. So I mean Matthew saying it was frustrating watch yesterday, watching us pass side to side. The best part of the day was the grill she had. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh George said it was a real wake up call, a huge summer uh, is needed. Uh, Ian saying we're close to 40 points behind Sangard stays in charge. We'll be playing in front of 5,000. I mean, there's so much to do. Chartley uh, saying, I recognise we're an average League One side, but yesterday was an unacceptable performance. We seem to lack any leadership on the pitch. And that's the next point I want to I want to say. And I, 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 more than open to the comments in the chat, we'll try and get to a couple of emails and, and uh, Twitter comments and stuff as well, if we can. But I, I don't get what's likeable about this team, Tom. Like, I was thinking, I was thinking earlier this morning, like, back, back to this time last season, when we were in a pretty similar position, really. Like, I was thinking maybe there was one or two characters I could get behind last season. Like I quite liked Connor Washington's personality. You know, debate what what you thought of he of him as a player. I liked him as a player. Not everyone did. That's fine. I I don't get I don't get it this season. What what there is to like about this team, you know, and it comes from a lot of things that we've seen over the last few weeks. So the Macaulay Bond saga, you know, and anyone who's uh, you know seen seen that Instagram stuff. I think, you know, Dean dropped him for that. You know, that was embarrassing. Even the, the cupping of ears to our own fans when we scored a goal at Milton Keynes days after we lost 6-0 at Ipswich and we're still in mid-table. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's nothing to get behind with this side and, and also that lack of personality in terms of coming from behind. So, in terms of reacting from losing positions this season, we've got the third lowest in League One points gained from losing positions we've not won a single game in which we've been losing at any point this season we've only come back from the 22 games we've been behind we've only come back to take a point on six occasions obviously the Ipswich one the most famous one but there's not much to talk about in that column either where's the character where's the personality where's the the characters that our fans can get behind. If I made, I, I, I don't think I've made that up you know I, I think this this squad gets defensive when when they're deficiencies are pointed out you know the cupping of the ears or whatever that the comments on, on social media but they ain't got they ain't given us nothing to get behind yeah there's there's as big a disconnect between the players and the fans that that i can remember um and in this league you need that we've got you could argue we've got the best player in the division in our team at the moment in in jez and that's that's not enough and obviously you need more than one good player but you look at any time that we have got out of this division, the the link between the fans and the, the whole atmosphere around the club has to be better, for one. And then personalities throughout the team plays a massive, massive part in it. You look at the team that went up under power. You look at the team that went up under Boya. There were players in there, love him or hate him now. Players like Lyle Taylor gave you something to, to shout about. Players like Jan Kermigan, you know, OK, they were good quality footballers as well, but they had personality. They had character. You have people like Danny Hollands in there who are prepared to graft and just dig in and, and again, give you something to shout about. And 
We've got that a little bit with Dobbo, but I think you could argue he's gone off the boil. Um, we've got that in spades with Ryan Innes, but obviously too much <laughs> the wrong way. But apart from that, you look at it, and I think maybe a few months ago, we were talking about the potential of a, a spine in this team with with the youth of Maynard Brewer and Ness, and then maybe Dobson, and then maybe Lee Burn at the top. And you started to see potential of a spine, but you shouldn't be relying on such young players at the back there. And then going forward, now you're looking at, well, is Lieburn going to stick around? And Dobbo's gone slightly off the boil this season. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's there's nobody there that I think, oh, I'm desperate for him to stay, really. I, I can't think of anybody that I, I feel like that about. And and that's sad, you know, I want to. I want to get behind these players. But as you say, if you can't come out and criticise the players without getting some sort of bite back as well, I don't, I don't think anything we've said on, on shows personally has been unfair. I think we're dissecting performances. Yesterday, we've lost to a team 23rd in the league or whatever who haven't won away basically all season. I think it's absolutely acceptable to come out and criticise that defending. And you should be able to do that. And yeah, it just, it all feels, it all feels very messed up. And it feels like, I don't know, maybe I've been naive in not seeing this, but it feels like it's escalated quite quickly from where we were at the start of the season under Ghana, where, okay, performances weren't particularly good then, but... I don't, I don't think we felt this way. And even, you know, that run in the in the League Cup, beating Brighton at home, the day out at Old Trafford, there was there was a sense of unity behind the team there and it's just slowly drifting away. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I go back to my point earlier and the point lots of people are making in the comments. I don't know where we go from here. Because as that uh, somebody pointed out, um, Ian, we're 34 points behind the leaders this season. How do you make up 34 points with the same squad next year? You can't. So Without we're going to have as well. Yeah, yeah. Who's probably worth about twenty of the points we've got this year? <laughs> so then you're looking at over fifty points we've got to make up to have any shot next year. It's I, I just don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. Mm, yeah, big problems. All hell let loose. Remember the goal scored by Wickham Farino when Claire just stood there and watched him run free. And score Bob by the water. Morning, guys. No takeover, no money, no transfers. More of the same next season, I'm afraid. Happy Sunday. Yeah, goodness me, George. Uh, only likable part of the team, probably Lieburn, a proper homegrown player with family history at the club. He'll probably get sold in the summer uh, anyway. And uh, Freeman says the, the stat goes back much further. There's a culture of defeatism instilled in our club. If we go a goal down, that's it. We know we're not getting three points simple as. Yeah, I think Facts and Stats on Twitter pointed out. I think the, la- the last time we came from behind to win a game, he said, was was it over a year ago? 3-2 home win against Wimbledon back in February 2022? That's, that's, where's the bottle? Like, where? Oh, goodness me. Right, a couple of messages on Twitter. Phil said, another shambles of the performance. I was going to write something meaningful uh, about this group of players, but I got halfway through and just gave up. Just keep Maynard Brewer and Lieber and put Fraser and Dobson on the bench and then bin the rest. Uh, Tim says, another dismal performance yesterday. I can't wait for the season uh, to be over. I have a thought for Sunday's show. There's a lot of talk in recent weeks about who can stay. Uh, but he said, I would get rid of all three regular starting midfielders. So selling Fraser, Dobson and releasing Morgan. Uh, my precedent for this is the Chris Powell rebuild in 2011. He let both Rakon and Samido go. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's, that's, it's, a, it's a very interesting point. And to be honest, considering the, the size of the turnover and the, the clear out that he's doing, I don't know. I was, who was I chatting to yesterday? He said they, there's not many players in this side they'd be that sad to see go you know and even the ones that are better players like Dobbo who's had you know he's had a difficult couple of weeks to be fair to him but I don't know how, how, how much of a clean sweep do we really need will be interesting to find out one, one last message from Twitter 
Um, the fact we had three or four, this is Tony, the fact that we had three, maybe four players who could start for a league challenging team, the best solution is to build around Hector in the back, at the back and figure out the midfield three, maybe two up top of the squad. Outside the keepers, I think Lieburn, Fraser, Hector and maybe Dobson would be in the league winning side and that's it. Thomas looks like he thinks he's Rio Ferdinand at times. In truth, he isn't even Anton Ferdinand. Uh, years of season tickets for me stop here. I've actually lost the love of seeing our team uh, be so poor. There we go. That's from Tony, who is also calling for a, a Chris Powell-esque summer rebuild. Well, goodness me. Right, let's hear from Dean Holden, shall we? Um, I spoke to the Addicts boss uh, after yesterday's game. And, uh, well, plenty of questions to be asked, isn't there? Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Very tough afternoon at the Valley. What's your thoughts on it? Not good enough. Um, listen, we never started. We never started the game. We... We obviously gifted them a goal in terms of we gave cheap possession away. Cole Stockton's and re- regained the ball and, and, and a wonder strike to be fair to him. And you know that can happen at times early in the game, and it's about your reaction. And we, we didn't react well enough from there. We there was so much carelessness in terms of our passing first half. We we're giving cheap. It was un- a lot of unforced errors. We we're inviting them to counter attack, and we, we've obviously given the initiative to a team who, although they've drew at Portsmouth and beat Wickham last week, they're obviously in a, in a difficult position themselves in the league. We've, we've handed them the initiative. We've gave them confidence. We've allowed them to come to the valley and, and get touches of the ball and, and, and feel like the you know they're the home team at times. And listen, we should have been turning all down. Cole Stockton's missed a, a sitter, and you know we, luckily we've come in at one one. We, we we managed to get the ball on the outside of their shape. And Payne gets down the side. It's driven across the goal. Obviously, Jesse's where you want him to be. He's a wide player in between the sticks. And we come in at one one. And actually, we should have been turning all down really. Uh, if you take the positive out of that in terms of you back in the game again. We, we looked at a couple of things we needed to improve on second half in terms of our movement of the ball. And we, we played much better second half with the ball. We, we carried much more of a threat. We got in behind them. We had chances, but we've, we've, given, we've gifted them two goals again. We've not defended well enough. The, you know, the, the second goal that's landed, we've not defended 1v1 well enough on the outside. And obviously, he ghosts off the back of our defence to score. And um, yeah, the third one, obviously, he stops and hits the shot. And you know, you've got to, as a defender, you've got to react. You've got to expect Ash to, to parry it. If he if he tips it wide or catches it, great. If he parries it, you've got to have that instinct that strikers have to get there first. And we were a little bit like mannequins, unfortunately. Jensen Way knocks it in, and obviously, there's a response. We score a good goal through Scotty, and you know, the big chance Miles had at one-one just after half time as well. But listen, full credit to, to Morecambe. I have to say that because they, you know they're, they're fighting for their lives and they've come here and they've managed to get a result. But for us. Certainly, we know, you know for where we want to be next season. I think our supporters again are switched on enough to know what's going on this season and where we're at as a club, where we are as a team, and obviously where we need to improve. And that's that's not good enough. You know, you can't be you can't be losing at home to Morecambe. We've total respect to them if we want to do anything serious next year. So um, we have to respond in the last home game next week. We can't we can't finish our season. However, it's gone. We can't finish the season off with a, with two defeats at home to to Morecambe and then Port Vale. So it's all on next week now. I'm looking for a response. Yeah, when I mean, you say that the fans will, will see areas of the team that, that need to improve, and obviously defensively as a unit, this this team hasn't been good enough this season. What needs to change before next season? We need to concede fewer goals. We need to have more clean sheets. We need to be, we need to look at times in games where we where we can be stronger and, and not allow teams. And I think they've come here today and had 12, 12 attempts at our goal. I think only four on target. But to, I say only four on target. That's four too many as well, by the way. Um, yeah, we've got to be tighter, of course. You know we're. This team has been used to a way of playing from pre-season onwards. You know, expansive, possession-based, and we've got the players that, that you know to play them types of uh, that type of style. You've got you've got to marry it together with, yeah, with a solidity. And we've had that. Listen, we've had that at times. We're not going to get too overboard again. It's it's a poor afternoon for us. Um, but even when we won in the week, you know, I still know where we need to improve next season. 
And it's just that inconsistency, Louis, as well as the defensive side of it. It's inconsistency in it. You know, we had the bad afternoon last week at Ipswich. We then responded in the week, and then we've obviously lost at home this week. So that's what we need to address. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question: that the concern that they did give you a bit of a reaction, you know, second half, particularly on, on Tuesday, but then reverted probably to, to a performance that wasn't far off in, in the first half last week. Why, why is this side so inconsistent? That's a really good question, and there's a lot of work going on to, to look at that. I think. I think there's a psychological element to it. I think you know, did did certain players turn up thinking that we could just rock up and, and, and beat Morecambe at home? I would be very disappointed and surprised if that was the case. But you know, you have to look at everything. Um, ultimately, we've gifted them a first goal. Although, as I say, it was it was a wonder strike. We just played with a little bit of anxiety in that first half. You know, we we, we didn't. If you look at the performance, take the goals away, take the chances and everything out of it. If you look at our performance on Tuesday as opposed to today, we just looked a little bit anxious in possession. We, as, as I say, we gifted them. Three or four occasions in that first half, we gifted them cheap possession where we're open and they break on us, and you're just giving them confidence all the time. And you know we should have coming in at half time. We, as I say, we got back into it one one. We should have then gone on and, and took the game away from them. But you can't you can't give two cheap goals away like we did. Mm. I mean, obviously we're still not quite at the end of the season <laughs> yet, but this is a big part of this end of the season is a big part of decision making you're going to have to do in the summer. I mean, are, are enough players sort of stepping up to the plate at the moment in the last couple of weeks for you? Well, I look at the the season as a whole since I've come in. I've watched the, I've watched pretty much every game now from the from the whole season. Obviously, I've uh, I've seen all the games uh, since Christmas onwards and constantly assessing things. Um, no knee jerk reactions from me. There was no knee jerk after Ipswich because I knew where we needed to strengthen next season before the Ipswich game. But again, after Tuesday's game, I didn't then think, oh, actually, we're okay because I know over a long term, over the forty six game season, we need to improve. And and today, again. Listen, I'm not saying you don't learn things, of course you do, but at the same time, if, yeah, there's, what's happened in the last couple of weeks is is, uh, is not really screwed up the way that I, I believe we need to improve next season. Do you think it's a wake-up call to any of the players who might have looked at the results over the last... Because it, well, it was three defeats in ten now, but four today, two defeats in nine. Any players who thought, yeah, we've, we've made it, we've got there in the last few weeks? No, no, I wouldn't know not at all because not the way that we work, not the way that we, we work every day in terms of the messaging to the players. No, we'd, I think we're, where are we, 10th, 11th, 12th in League One how can we think that we've achieved anything That's for this club is nowhere near enough as I say we've had half a season at it uh, we've had some good results we've had some un, uh, some poor results consistency has been the key um, I'm calm I'm calm I'm calm I'm disappointed I'm angry don't get me wrong it's you know, it's not it's not nice when you lose it on to Morecambe but I'm calm around where we you know, knowing where we need to improve and, and knowing um, what types of characters we need to get in the squad next season uh, and I'm not just talking externally, I'm talking within as well. And um, the key thing now is that we finish the season as strong as we can. Of course, we've got one eye next season. Aaron Henry gets some minutes today. And uh, obviously, can't, Daniel Kahn, who comes on, he does great, by the way, for the goal. He made, some, he made some really good runs in behind as well, which we've been working with him on. So that was pleasing to see. But of course, we want to win games. We want to win games of football. But we, we have to make sure that we're, you know, we're getting our younger players some opportunities as well. Yeah, I was going to ask about Aaron. Um, a lot of fans have been excited to see him get a chance. What did you make of him today? Yeah, I thought I thought he, he I thought he started well. I thought he got on the ball. He hit a couple of longer range passes that he's got in his locker. He's and then a couple of incisive ones. He gets Albie Morgan in in behind early on in the game, and then obviously there was a period where he got caught on the ball a couple of times. I think, but then again, second half he's he's, he's looking forward. He's trying to play forward, and yeah, we just I just thought we'll bring Scotty on just for that extra attacking threat. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Scott as well because obviously he was the one who came out for for today. Um, how have you sort of rated his season? Because I think it's up to eight after after today in terms of goals, but. I don't know, I feel like there's a feeling amongst the fan base that he, he doesn't affect enough games. Like he, He's got so much in his locker and perhaps he could be a bit more consistent, like many in the squad, I guess. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Scotty Fraser's an excellent technician. He, he, he can create moments out of nothing. He's got a wonderful left foot. You're right. He's, I think he's eight goals. I think you're right. You're looking for double figures, ideally, really, uh, in terms of in terms of goals and some assists as well in there. And um, again, it's difficult to assess everybody over the course of a season because obviously there's, there's been different styles. This team has had six weeks of pre-season with obviously a previous manager, different fitness regime, different. Um, training protocols and, and the way that they train and the style of play and all that type of stuff uh, the environment around the training ground so you know we, we've sort of come in since Christmas and um, obviously we, we've changed quite a few things as well um, so I think for Scotty I think he's a player next season that obviously needs to push on needs to needs to keep it in uh, them numbers in terms of goals and assists and, and for us to do what we want to do next year then we're going to need players in them positions to create and, and score goals for us Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joey. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Joey has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time yes! to be here. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. We just heard there from the Addicts boss, Dean Holden, um, after yesterday's 3-2 home defeat against uh, Morecambe. I had to you know, ask him about a little bit about the character. And, and you know, I, I, I have felt over the last few weeks that the players have, you know, as we've seen on socials, felt, you know, when they've won the odd game, they're like, yeah, we're there, we've done it. And then when, when, when we've lost it, they're very quiet. You know, what's the character been like in, in, in the dressing room over the last few weeks? Uh, asked about Fraser, asked about Henry in there and stuff. Plenty to talk about. I mean, a couple of questions came in. I mean, George, George said we are two bad uh, transfer windows away from a genuine relegation scrap. Uh, Keith's asking, Nath, who who we think really is good enough to stay next season. I mean, I, I know we've covered it before, but I guess, I don't know, has the last week's changed your mind on any players, Nath? Has, has it thrown into question how, how many of the current lot you'd let go? Um... Not really. I've, I just keep thinking like the positives from this season. It's mad, really. Is what Ness, Jez, and Miles. Every single one of them. It's their first full senior season, which for me speaks absolute volumes, considering they're the younger and you know most ex- inexperienced of the squad. Um, 
But in terms of who I'd like to see, like, you know, like I like Dobbo. I think he offers us something. I just think he needs someone in alongside him. Um, so I'd keep him. Obviously, Miles and I know Dobbo's got another year anyway, hasn't he? I think his contract was extended. Corey's here. In terms of the back line, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if if the majority, or probably none of them are here next year. Because, I mean, that's... You know, I'm not saying it's all the defence's fault, but we're doing the same things over and over again and nothing seems to be changing. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's a massive overhaul. But as I said on previous pods, it's it's not going to be as simple just to get rid of everyone because you're going to need other teams to want them. Um, the freebies, the ones who are expired, their contracts are fine, fine, they can just be released. But people who are on a contract, like the, you know Lavelle and Claire and whoever else, people still got to want to have to buy them and pay money for them. And if they don't, then they're just again, still going to be here. So um, there's not too many, put it that way. I can't think off the top of my head, but there's not too many that I would um, keep, put it that way. Mm, yeah, all hell let loose, says Colchester. I think Garner is a reincarnation of Pep Guardiola. The problem at Charlton is clearly higher up uh, in the management structure, which yeah, you can't uh, uh, disagree with that. Uh, John says, uh, don't waste any more time working with these players. Another mass clear out our recruitment now needs to consider mental toughness, communication skills, a desire uh, to win on uh, uh, two of basic football skill. Um, I was thinking, you know, again, with, with, with the character stuff I was asking yesterday. I mean, so, I don't know. I, I see Dean as quite a, a personality-based manager. You know, he's very, very good, Tom. Uh, you know, he's, he's in the pub again with the fans last night, which which, which some fans like. Obviously, some fans don't. But he's, he's, he is good at sort of integrating with supporters, saying what they need to hear in terms of, you know, a lot of fans say he gets us. So, you, you'd assume if there is anyone who will clear out the bad personalities and pick up the players who aren't doing their shift tracking back from midfield or in defence he'd be the one to do it but obviously it's he said it now now he's got something where he has to do it because we can't have any more time wasters like we've had this season yeah and we talk about the the coming out after wins and not defeats Dean is doing that he is still going to the pub after a defeat like that where arguably you probably just want to go home and forget all about it and you don't want to see the fans. So he's probably the <clears throat> the biggest positive I'm taking out of this season at the moment. Uh, obviously, we had him on the show. I thought the way he came across on that was brilliant. That's the only chance I've had personally to interact with him. But even in the way he's talking and the bit that obviously is, he talked about his policy in terms of what he wants of recruitment. And th that's what we need. If we go back to your point, you look at those sides, those successful sides we've had, that togetherness and that team spirit and that unity is as important possibly as the actual quality of the individual players and I think there are some a few good individuals there but I just don't see that togetherness and that's exactly what he needs to do there's kind of two things there one is he going to be hamstrung by budget almost certainly yes so that's going to make his job difficult and two some of the players and I'm not going to name names here but if he's defending players at the moment and sort of indicating, yeah, they have got the character at the moment. Is he just doing that to get them through the end of the season and then he's going to bin them off? Or does he actually believe that? Because if he actually believes that, then he's going to start building a squad around our existing players. And that concerns me a little bit because I'm not sure I see it. But he works with the players every day. He knows them far better than any of us. So, yeah, I, I trust Dean. I think, as you say, I think he's got the right attitude. I think ultimately, and again, it goes back to all the comments we've seen and everything we've spoken about, he can't build a squad without without some some cash. Or it's going to be very difficult to do that. 
he could probably build a squad of good characters. But as I say, to get the quality as well, that's going to be difficult. So it goes back to the point we've made time and time again. that I don't remember the last manager that hasn't been hamstrung by budget constraints. And therefore, it's been unfair to judge pretty much all of them because of that. So, yeah, I, um, I think he's the man to do it, but it's not going to be easy. Mm, right, a couple more comments. We've got our guest fans coming up shortly as well. Jude uh, says the mentality is so bad how we haven't won a game after going behind uh, this season. A couple of emails as well. Duncan said it was a woeful f- performance, which sums up our season. Even Hector had a nightmare. Quite simply, the players aren't good enough. Uh, the fewer that are here next season, uh, the better. The current bunch, uh, bunch lack so many things, but one thing that stands out to me is a lack of leadership. If the takeover doesn't happen, then we are destined for another season of losing at home to Morecambe, being outclassed when we play a top six team and then going and winning at Fratton Park. So at least we've got Fratton Park, hey? We can always win there. <laughs> McSquared, uh, given our consistent inconsistency this season, I guess yesterday's results shouldn't have been a surprise. Uh, we were all over the place right from the kickoff. Our defence was a shambles yet again. Bringing in Henry for Fraser was a disaster, and our attack lacked incisiveness. Even though Raksaki scored, he and Miles had their quietest games for many weeks. We're sloppy all over the pitch, and the number of misplaced passes uh, was ridiculous. We only started to look threatening once Fraser and Campbell uh, were introduced. If they had both started, uh, the outcome might have been a different story. Anyway, once again, we donated points to a side in desperate need of them. Morecambe must have been as stunned as uh, how poor of, uh, we are and how easy it was to come away with the three points uh, from the Valley. It was embarrassing, yeah, and it's, well, it's, not, it's not the first time that Morecambe have been uh, given uh, three points uh, in... Uh, in SC7, which is a pretty sad indictment of where we are. Dan, um, there's a couple of chats, uh, people talking about the sort of players that we could um, we could get in. People are saying like Alfie May, Dan Bro, saying Harvey Nips and Sam Smith at Cambridge both got contracts ending this season. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how the, the summer transfer window goes. But again, we, we, we know so little about what's actually going to happen because the takeover's not been sorted yet. And we don't know if this Mark Spiegel and, and whoever he's got with him have actually got the sort of funds to, to get us up the top of the table. So that's that's something miserable to think about for, for the rest of the summer. Let's um, let's bring in our guest fans, shall we? Try and cheer ourselves up. Uh, let me try and uh, bring them onto screen now. So, yeah, we've got Stephen and Sydney Campfield, our this week's uh, guest fans. Uh, good morning to you both. How are you guys doing? Yeah, morning, Louis. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, all good at this then. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Morning. Excellent. Morning, Sydney. Yeah, really pleased to have you two guys on. You were sat behind me in, in the ground yesterday, and I thought yeah. I'd say... I know you guys go home and away pretty pretty much every game, so I thought you'd, you'd be a good uh, good people to bring onto the show. So, um, Stephen, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, as a guest fan, just 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 your thoughts on yesterday's performance in in the first place. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a pretty woeful woeful game yesterday. Um, yeah, the disappointment of Ipswich um, last week and the potential sort of high of, of getting getting back to winning ways in midweek, but yesterday was was just awful from start to finish really there wasn't any sort of cohesion um i don't think there was any um any flow to the game from our perspective and uh, yeah i don't think we just we didn't, we didn't get started to be honest with you didn't offer a threat a goal and we were really really shaky at the back again um it was a worrying one yesterday i must say yeah yeah so part, part of the reason when, when i saw you two guys yesterday and i thought it'd be good to have on the show is because i am really 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 miserable uh, but one of the better what one of the better things that's happened this season uh, and I'll bring this picture onto the screen if you don't mind. Was uh, was away at Exeter when when Sydney yeah. got got the shirt given to her by uh, by by George Dobson. So Sydney, as a younger fan, how how do you feel like you relate with this squad? Because I'm I'm older. I, I'm not I'm not old, but I'm older, um, and I, I'm miserable. I've had enough of them. But I, I just wonder, as a younger fan in your formative years of, of watching the club, 
I guess things like this do do help you relate to the squad more than perhaps it it does for for us older fans who 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 obviously don't don't interact with the with the players in that way. Um. Yeah, I was mascot, and um. Yeah, they were all really nice, really helpful, and I feel like I relate to them because being a younger fan, um, I know some bits about the history of Charlton, and I feel like I know more about this season and last season. So. Excellent. So, Stephen, when when I was younger, so I mean, we, we were we were in Division One, the Championship, when I first started going. But you know, mm-hmm. when when I was sort of uh, about, I think I think we got into the Prem when I was about ten. So mm-hmm. my, my main formative years of watching Charlton were really good years. And mm-hmm. uh, were you at any point worried that the Sydney sort of coming up through this phase of the club and and, and it might be more difficult to get her involved with watching Charlton? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm really glad I get this opportunity to spend time with Sydney. It's a sort of daddy daughter thing, and uh, yeah, she's really embraced the club um, more than anything else. Um, I think she's got, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, good good vibes with certain players in the in the side. She likes some more than others. Um, I think the way that Sydney's been looked after this season when she's been in and around the club has been fantastic. Tracy's been great. Um, you know, the mascot day was amazing. But yeah, I mean, I've spoke to her about the heady days of the Premier League and uh, and all those great great players and, and experiences that we had back in the day but yeah um you know she's enjoying traveling the grounds at the moment um don't get me wrong she gets down like we all do when we get negative results but uh yeah she uh, she gets herself back up pretty quickly but yeah I, I mean, there's always hope isn't there um, i think there's always hope that um you know um we've got a manager now that could potentially could potentially get us to the places that we might want to get to. Um, but obviously, needs to be backed by the owners. And uh, I think that's the only sticking point. But yeah, I think she, I think she understands the football club and she understands what's potentially going on week to week at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sydney, what, what is, is the best part about supporting Charlton for you at the moment then? Is it the away days with, with, with your old man? Is it is it meeting the players? What would what, what you actually enjoy about it? Try, cheer me up. This is this is why you're here and you're doing a good job so far. Um, I love the atmosphere of the ground and all of the fans um yeah i love all of the players um they're so nice um i love going to away games on the coach on the train yeah it's good excellent so you look you, you, i've genuinely got a smile on my face already now um so uh, so there's, there's a comment in the chat from keith and Stephen. since you're here it, it'd be nice to get a different view on it you sort of touched on it already but Keith said Dean is not the problem, neither was Garner or Jacko. If he doesn't get mm. banked, he, he can't improve. Mm. Is that sort of how you feel about, about the manager at this moment? Yeah, I've I, I got to say, I do like Holden. Um, I think he's been a breath of fresh air for us. Um, I can't say that I was the biggest Garner fan, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, I know that he wasn't backed and I understand that. But um, I was genuinely excited about the style of football that he sort of preached to us at the start of his tenure. Um, but um, I don't, I don't think potentially we've got the players to play the way that he always wanted to. I mean, I can go back to the Bristol Rovers game where um, Innis gave a couple of goals away in that game where he was obviously told to play from the back, play from the back, play from the back. But without being disrespectful, I don't think we've got the players to to, to have played that system. And I think Holden recognised that quite early as, as soon as he came in and changed it. So um, I am looking forward to potentially what he might do in the pre-season. Um, if he can get some of his own players in, that would be great. Um, and I think that um, we might adapt a style that may be more suited to, to doing well next season rather than 
possession, 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 um, without really doing anything, to be honest with you. So yeah, I, I hope that I hope that we're in safe hands. I, I think we're in safer hands with Holden than we were with Ghana. Um, but again, the, the guy needs to be backed and whether whether the owner can do that, whether a new owner can do that is is up for grabs really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. always been been the question that, that surrounded this club for for way too long now, and, it, and it's yeah. frustration. Sydney, um, which, which players would you like to see be part, like an integral part of the of the team next season? Which, which players do you think we can build a side around next year? Um, I think that Dovo. Um, I think that Hector's great. Um, I think Fraser's great. Um, I'm not sure about Albi. Um. I like Levern. Um, who else? Uh, I like Sean. Um, and yeah, I think we could build something around that. Um, and I also like Ash. Um, so yeah, I think we could build something around that team. Brilliant. Excellent. You know what? I, I genuinely think that's the first time in, in about six months we've heard someone come on the show and say, I like. <laughs> we don't say that enough on Charlton Live. Sydney, uh, Sydney, that was brilliant. Paul says, it's great to hear Sydney's enthusiasm. Uh, she'll soon <laughs> learn. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's been brilliant. Right, you guys, uh, stay around. We'll, we'll keep you in, in the general discussion for the rest of the show. But yeah, I'm absolutely you, certain I've, I've made a good choice on, on guests this week. I'm, re- I'm really pleased with that. Um, Nathan, um, S- Sydney's enthusiasm has really got to me there. But she, she's gone through a list of players that we can keep. Obviously, we sort of touched upon it already. I mean, w- which part of the side would you be first looking at in terms of actually improving next season? Is it the fact that we don't track back as midfielders? Is it the fact we probably don't assist enough as midfielders? Is it the fact we probably don't quite get enough goals from midfield? Is it the fact that up front we've got Miles, who who does a good job, but he's probably on his own in in terms of that? Is it the fact that defensively we're all over the place? That's a loaded question. Um, I think, yeah, I think naturally the defence for me needs to be... um, Looked at. I think we look a little bit out of balance at some games. Uh, for example, we have a lot of players that can't seem to play three games in a week or at least two, um, and that I think that's a hindrance on on the side because you need a settled back four. For me, goals win you games and clean sheets win you leagues. And if you look at the sort of records that Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich have put together, they've put in a lot of clean sheets and look where they are in the table. And, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, I don't think they're the highest scorers by any stretch, but they're consistent and effective in what they do. Uh, So I think for me, the defence has to be the key. Well, the big question is going to be, is Innes going to get a new contract? Is Hector going to get a new contract? Are we going to bring Cess back because with his injury troubles? Um, So I think we just need to try and be a little bit more robust first. Um, And then, as you say, on the point in surrounding Miles is, are we going to play a three in midfield or are we going to play with a 10? Because I think we're so predictable at the moment with our wide men that if they're marked out the game, then we ain't really going to do much because we don't really create enough from deep. So there's a lot of work to be done, which we've all said. Um, but I think the key for me is to sort out the defence first, in my opinion, anyway. Mm, yeah, and Dan's asking if we know how much financial power Spiegel will have fr- from his business. I mean, we don't know that, Tom, and that's part of why this is such a confusing time for me. Because we- we've been through takeovers before, where you get to the, the stage where it's nearly going to happen. And everyone's excited, you know, and-, and we've looked very silly <laughs> quite quite a few times because of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I- I'm it's trepidation this time around. I don't know what to expect, but I, I don't hold a great deal of hope that that's sort of how I'm feeling about it. that's why that's partly why I am so miserable 
Sydney did a real good job of cheering me up and you two have just brought me right back down. So, uh, yeah, cheers for that. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm worried in the summer. Uh, and that's the, it shouldn't be the case, should it, with a takeover? But ultimately, I go back to my last point. I don't think, if you don't have that financial backing, sadly, we're going to struggle to get out of this league. I don't think we can rely on on freebies and players out of contract, really. And I think what worries me most is you see some of the names going around the the chat alongside this. People like Harvey Nibs or Sam Smith from Cambridge, pretty good players. Alfie May, I've seen a couple of times mentioned. And my first thought is we're nowhere near getting players like that. And and they're not even the best of the best. But I'm just like, nah, we're not getting players that I've heard of at this level because we haven't got the money. We're going to be getting some. We're probably going to be shopping in in League Two. I would think. I I, I just don't see how we. Without a, a significant takeover, I don't see how how we don't. And okay, we're getting rid of probably, hopefully, we're getting rid of Ipswich. Maybe we're getting rid of Sheffield Wednesday. But the teams coming down aren't small either. The likes of Reading, Wigan, etc. Okay, maybe they haven't got the financial clout, but they're big clubs as well. This is becoming a tough, tough league to get out of every year now. And it worries me. It does worry me. But like I say, I, I like Sydney's positivity. I like that. I use the word naivety in a good sense here. That you're not you're not worried about the politics of it all. You're just enjoying the game, and I'm hoping that we can try and do that next season. But it's going to take it's going to take a big old rebuild. Mm, yeah, I mean, all hell let loose has asked me if I know the position with regards to takeover. Is Devani takeover consortium dead in the water? I mean, there's not much information out there that I'm that I'm seeing. You know, um, the the, the facts that I think we, we understand or we believe that maybe Spiegel's one's gone to the EFL. That seems to be the latest we've heard. Don't know much about Varney's one, but I think I, I don't think there's much you can do about it at, at this moment in time. I mean, John's saying keep the faith. And we do in a way because we're still here. And I know that, that Stephen and Sydney certainly do. I mean, uh, just a question, Stephen, I guess there, there's no... Uh, uh, it's probably a silly question to you, you guys because I know what you guys are like, but there's no temptation not to get a season ticket or anything this this time around because that has been the case for a lot of fans yeah i, I can understand that i've seen this social media chat um you know as i say a few people have just sort of taken this season as potentially the sort of the last straw um we've renewed again yeah um you know I, I, more sort of half half a cup half full to be honest with you i, I do want do want to try and be positive for next season but i know that there's some real work to be done in pre-season but yeah um we'll renew again and, and we'll go again next season hopefully with a better outcome than this season yeah yeah and, and sydney you're just you, you just tell me we're going to win the league next season everything's going to be all right so i can enjoy the rest of my sunday <laughs> that would be nice wouldn't it yeah, yeah. but i think we we might end up me i'm hoping the next season we can end up near the top of the table somewhere or maybe playoffs but it could just be the same as this season yeah well there we go that's that that's uh unfortunately very true but you know fing- fingers crossed uh paul said this has been a really difficult therapy session to listen to and i agree it is every week but sydney uh you've uh you- you've added a bit of light to the show and, and yourself Stephen. so look it's-, it's been an honor to have you two on thanks for thanks for joining us and, and hopefully i'll see you guys around in the next few the next few away days yeah, thanks very much for having us. Appreciate it, Lou. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you uh, to, to Nathan Tom as well. We come to the end of the show. Great to speak to you too. I, I hope I hope you've got that all out your system now, boys. Feel a little bit better. Yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally yeah. just going to go and buy loads of Charlton shirts now. So um, buzzing. 
yeah excellent stuff right um this is the end of the show thanks to uh, everyone who's joined us in the chat on, on youtube as well thanks to everyone who's caught us on on catch up uh, don't forget to check our our chatwin live etsy store chatwinlive.etsy.com to have a look at our new merchandise the new mugs uh, that are modeled on old kits from when we genuinely were quite good like this one that i'm wearing here um yeah we'll be back on thursday which will be our big match preview of the game against um against port vale we should have uh, one of the upbeats on because it's upbeats day obviously next week with the upbeats which we'll be doing next sunday we won't be doing a live stream because it's the player of the year dinner so we're going to be at that dinner um probably talking to ourselves really maybe a couple of players might come over but we'll see uh and uh, yeah so it's plenty of uh, of stuff to look forward to in the future but we finished for now thanks for listening i'm louis mendez uh, we'll see you again on thursday <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.